This is the Are You Screwed podcast. So you're a punt guy, really like a punt guy. I stood up to Greg and told him to exit the field of play. Uh, um, I mean, like, yes. The Are You Screwed podcast. He's bitty bad. You're calling Eric Legrand a liar. The director of athletics is responsible for selecting the football coach. He's going to play for the Ducks. Tampering. Need agility for a small lineup of soldiers. We win. The Are You Screwed podcast. Everybody! Chop, 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 Everybody! Gaetano Panuccio! I can't say that we have a good plan tonight on the Are You Screw podcast, but sometimes bad plans work out. I'm here. Uh, I'm Max. I'm here with Adam. We don't say our last names. Is that weird? People, I think people think that's weird. I mean, we're not trying to hide anything. It's a friendlier way, I think, of saying hello to all of the, the screwies at this point. Like, no one cares what we're our all, last names we're are. We're all family. No, and nobody does give yeah. a shit about what our last names are. Like, I'm Danny Bressler. Like, no one cares. Oh, by the way, that's what we wanted to do up front. Welcome to another Are You Screw Pod episode. Shout out to our friends over at The Night Report, Ruckers.Rivals.com. Ruckers.Rivals.com. And now all together. Fuck, shit, fuck, 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 <laughs> shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> God, we needed to get that out. So we did uh, Alumni Nightline on shit, WRSU. Shit, motherfucker, <laughs> jackass, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> on WRSU yesterday, uh, on Sunday. And because of FCC rules, you're not allowed to curse. That was really hard. Uh, we did it with Danny Breslauer. Uh, we were planning on releasing the audio. We don't have it yet, so maybe we'll put it out uh, whenever we get it in a few days. Uh, but uh, you might notice Mike is not here once again. He was Shocking. supposed to be here. Uh, he's pretending to be sick to not be here. So I guess we're doing using, another episode without Mike. He's literally using the explosive diarrhea excuse <laughs> that I use for my puppy, and now Mike has stolen that from me yeah, as well, this, too. This podcast is a lot harder to do without Mike. I know Mike thinks that... I don't necessarily want him around, but it's much harder to do it without him because one of the things we can do when all three of us are here is you don't have to pay attention all the time. I have to pay attention all the time, which means I can't, like, always be doing things like this. Trifecta! Like, I can't just... I'm not as into playing sounds. And I want to get back to our roots tonight. I want to be more like we're supposed to be, which is dumb. Make our you screw pod great again? Is that what you're trying to go <laughs> That's with exactly, right now? That is exactly what I'm trying to say, but I mean, I wouldn't use those words because well, I don't get not? down that way, but sure. Okay. All right, well... So uh, Rutgers basketball. Yeah, I was going to say, there is so, so many ways, and just to say it up front, we are doing our... We're kind of doing a redo of the episode from a couple of weeks ago. You're probably going to hear from oh, yeah. Danny in this episode. Danny Breslauer, of course, the uh, preeminent host of the preeminent Rutgers Sports Podcast. We'll call him. In preeminent athletics or whatever. And Brad Wachtel, our bracketologist, yep. is going to join us again. And we will find out where the hell Rutgers fits in the NCAA tournament picture right so now. We're doing this like almost, I mean, not, we're doing it live-ish because we haven't talked to Brad and we assume Danny will pick up when we call. Uh, we don't know for sure, obviously. Uh, but yeah, we don't know exactly what Brad's going to say. I'm sure it'll be great. He was great last time he was on. We're not going to, we probably won't talk to him for too long. Just want to get an update on where Rucker stands, but what a big night last night at the rack, man. Like, well, I guess we'll go backwards. We've got Northwestern. Uh, we can talk Maryland game and then also some of the Michigan, cause that was obviously fun at the garden. But last night, Rutgers and Northwestern and so much shit happened. <laughs> it was uh, a roller coaster of emotions. That is for sure. And there, 
you know, it was very Rutgers-esque. Like, if you had to make up this, uh, you know, storyline where Rutgers was going to be competing for an NCAA tournament bid at some point, and you picked the one game where it could fall apart, <laughs> you would pick the team that is one of the worst in the conference right now in Northwestern. And so I have a lot of ways to look at that game last yeah. night, yeah. and I don't want to diminish at all, like, what Northwestern did. Like, like they played really well. They shot the ball well. They found ways to defend Rutgers well, which I think we can get into a little bit further down in this podcast. Maybe I'll save that for Danny. I think teams have figured out how to defend Rutgers very well. You know, like, they're a decent team. They got some young kids who the Bowie was great last night. Oh, boo Bowie. You know, it's they're fine. Rutgers is a way better team. Should never have been really that close. They were, you know, started double-digit favorites at home. You were freaking out. Panic button galore. You gave me the okay at one point to hit the panic I, I button. I said I said it was maybe time to start panicking. Uh, no, then you said at one point in our text chain, okay, you're allowed to panic. Okay. Like, you gave the go-ahead, <laughs> then it's all freak out. By the way, <laughs> it was one of the more fun, I will say, it was one of the more fun games. Uh, I've been to a ton of the games at the Rack. I didn't go last night. My brother and my dad went instead. Um, after we left WRSU, I came back and I watched the game with Charlie, my wife. She is diehard fan now oh yeah she was like this is the worst thing ever like how do you she was like how do you do this all the time i'm i'm ner- i'm nervous i'm like by the way this happens once every <laughs> 30 years it's gonna be fine moving forward um <laughs> at, nuts nuts that they won the game dumb that they played the way they did for the most part like i don't know they yeah. won they won yeah well the reason i kept saying don't panic was because uh if there's one thing we have experience in and watching Rutgers basketball, it's knowing what a bad team looks like, and Northwestern's a bad team. And you could see it. And you could see it kind of coming down at the end of the first half. Rutgers figured out what they do, like they have done so often at the rack, by the way. You've seen it so many times early in these games, notably, uh, most notably the Penn State game, I thought the Minnesota game, uh, and really last night against Northwestern. These teams... In the early going, can get wide open threes, but at some point, Rutgers figures out what they're doing, and the three point defense becomes a lot better. I actually didn't think the three point defense was that bad last night. I thought Northwestern was just they, knocking down some shots. Hit like, some shots. You had. Uh, you That's had, why I was trying to give yeah. credit early on. Yeah. It's like I, I, everybody at this point, we know, and I have agreed with you. Rutgers is good. They're a good team. Yeah. And and it's a conference that's just loaded with average to decent teams right now in the Big Ten. Rutgers is better than Northwestern. Northwestern came out playing better last night. I you know that's that's how things happen sometimes, and that's fine. I had made the joke in the group <laughs> stay within twelve oh. going into the break. I thought and the then, joke. No, then the joke in the second half became literally every two minutes when Northwestern would answer Rutgers. I typed ball game, then ball period game, then ball period game, because I literally was like, every time Rutgers was trying to mount some type of comeback where I was waiting for that eight-minute drought from Northwestern, they found a way to answer Rutgers. It just happened to be the drought was the last six minutes and 30 seconds of the game. The thing is, I had just watched Northwestern blow that same game to Purdue like four days ago. They... Had a big lead late. I think they were up 11 with like four minutes left. They actually blew the Purdue, if you can believe this, they blew the Purdue game way more spectacularly than they blew the game against Rutgers. But Northwestern is just one of those teams, like a lot of teams of Rutger, uh, for Rutgers in the past, where they are always on the brink of giving up a 15 to nothing run or giving up a big run. And, and that's what we saw last night. And I thought you were going to talk about the text that you sent, which was, <laughs> if this team 
wins only 17 games. Do they still make the that? NIT? Did you chuckle at least at that? I thought it was. I like, mean, it you know me, man. It I'm was literally just a joke. Like at this point, <laughs> I, you know, there are times in that group where we really just do it to annoy Danny to the most part. Sometimes it's directed at me. You know, you and Mike are a little bit more neutral and, and I think spread the jokes out. Uh, so, yeah, I, at one point I was like, they're, they're down this much. If they lose this game, we're going to talk about it. You know, you texted it to, in the chain after the win. Okay, now they play the good teams. Ah, uh, let's not do that no, yet. No, I'm not no, saying. No. I'm just saying is that that was part of the reason why I I texted that. And you know what? Great. I'm so happy that I have egg in my face after last night and that they came back and won the game. Um, I mean, can we get into what I thought was just insane at the end of that game? Yeah, you know what? Let's do it in our fashion. Okay, let's do it the RU Screw Podcast way. Let's play a game. Let's have a segment. I like it. Is time or is bad or not bad with me, Vlad? What I tell you is bad or not bad. All right. So if you haven't, uh, you know, been listening to us for a while, most of you have. You know the game. Vlad it, it gets on with us and helps us decide whether things are uh, what is it? You know, very bad, bad. Is bad? Is not bad? Is very bad or is very, 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 very bad? Right. And so you know, there is probably so many takeaways from last night. So where did you want to go and, well, and start? It's, it's this a game, game that originated with Rutgers football. Um, we have we haven't updated our sounds. We don't really have the budget for that. Uh, we spent a lot of our new budget on other sounds. We'll get to those later. We we've upgraded some of our sound library. But here, the first place I want to go is Geo Baker. Is not bad. Yeah, hell yeah, Geo Baker is not bad. I mean, it was unbelievable <laughs> last night. <laughs> it he, was, that was ridiculous. He's the king of the making the most difficult, annoying shots in under two minutes in a basketball game. He's the king at it. But he reeled that whole second half. Though. No, he was great. He was great. I'm again, it, Rutgers at some point this year was going to need somebody to take over and dominate a game when things got stagnant and just fell apart. And I didn't think it would come or have to come against a team like Northwestern or Nebraska. And it happened last night. You needed the win. It was, as we said on WRSU, the biggest must-can't-lose game of the season. <laughs> and Geo Baker was fantastic. 10 of 17 the, like, the game. It was one of those where you just everything was going to go in. I like didn't care what shot was coming from him. It was going in the basket. Like the fadeaway in the corner, the step back three, that's his patent move at this point. Like, we all knew it was coming. Northwestern knew it was coming. He still couldn't defend it. Hey, how, how do you defend it? He, he gets that step back, and he gets his feet really kind of square to the rim, which is so impressive. It's not just the, the space he creates, but it's like he's able to, to square his shoulders and actually get off good, you know, decent looks, I guess, uh, from, from that step back. But it, something I was thinking about is that we've discussed how Rutgers has gotten maybe a little bit lucky this season. You have to get lucky to have a good season. Yeah. They've gotten lucky in that opponents have missed a lot of wide-open threes. Who were the opponents that didn't miss wide-open threes? Bryant, yep. Nebraska, yep. and, and Northwestern. Yeah, it's and funny. you're like, it sounds weird, but you're kind of lucky for it to happen against those teams totally because agree. they're so bad otherwise that great point. you can overcome Northwestern going 11 of 23 from, from three. Brian, I think they made 11, 10 or 11 threes also, and Nebraska, I think, ended up with 11. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm thinking about the Indiana game at home. If Indiana hits yeah. a quarter of those threes, Rutgers loses yeah. that game. And that, that, that that's kind of crazy that the three-point bad variance, three-point bad variance for the other teams, 
happened against the good teams and the bad teams made the threes and Rutgers was able to to overcome and and do that because they're good enough now. That's, yeah, that's a it's it's a, a excellent point overall. Yeah, Gio, last night. By the way, are you ever thinking about now moving forward with the whole cupping thing? Because I may get into it. <laughs> like I'm, I at this point, like it's working for Gio. I don't know what it could do. For, like I don't, I don't so know. That, if it so makes the me... dots that were on his uh, his upper arm. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen like the videos of like I cupping haven't. And how no, it works? I haven't. No. I, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just thinking about it randomly. What do you think of the overall offensive strategy of uh, let's hand the ball to Geo Baker for the last 15 minutes of the game and get out of the way? So like a night like last night, it it's not the worst thing in the world. And it also will free up some shots like it did in endgame situations. Like the Yeboa three in overtime, I thought was a situation where Geo Baker was going to guard, uh, was going to bring the defense towards him. The end of the game in regulation where Ron Harper got a pretty clean look um, when, it, out. when it was tied, when it, you know, when it was tied up right, right before uh, Northwestern had their final possession, Geo Baker, they were going to double him for the most part, and Ron, Ron wound up with a wide open shot. So, um, it's a little bit different than like, right? It's so different than the Corey Sanders ISO offense because Corey's game was was so dynamic to me in terms of what he could really do. Like I like for Corey, I just I I wanted to be like. I don't need him to take those deep shots. Like he was so good at driving to the hole too. And if you could ISO things up and give him the lane, like Geo, it's just uh, he he's stepped up his game a little bit in terms of being able to drive to the rim sometimes, draw contact and make it. But like I'm expecting that step back most of the times. It's just a different look. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's still we've seen it before, and it does work. And it's it's what he can it's what he can give. You can't ask him to do what he did last night. Like no, if, you, if, no, that, no. if that's your plan right. every night, I put out a poll on Twitter <laughs> earlier. <laughs> is giving the ball to Geo Baker and nobody doing anything on offense a good plan? Uh, and I think it was like 58% good plan. I'm going to put out the same poll after the next game that they lose and see if the opinion's any different because sometimes a bad plan works. You play like that, that kind of offense where you're just saying, hey, Geo, go make all these shots. It's great that he bailed them out. And I'm not trying to rain on any parades or anything. That was amazing. But that cannot be your plan to go and win at Ohio State uh, and, and win uh, this upcoming weekend against Illinois. Like, is it even worth our time to keep talking about, like, our complaints with the offense? Like, do, do should we? Uh, okay, how about this? Wait, we're not, we're not doing this right. The Rutgers men's basketball Offensive game plan is bad. Yeah, I, I, not as very bad, but it's bad. It depends on the situation. I have to accept it at this point, and yeah. like you just mentioned it a moment ago, like there's nothing that is going to change in these final seven games of the season, and they're probably going to need one more type of those games from Geo Baker. They're going to need a couple of games where. Ron Harper finally wakes up like he did it, you know, against Iowa. Like that that's what it's going to be these last 7 games. Yabo is going to have to take one of those games probably. And you know, the Rutgers off they are who we thought they were. That's what this Rutgers offense is right now. And it's not going to change. And I I have to accept it I guess to a certain standpoint. I mean, you know, you brought up something interesting in our text chain today. Is this Rutgers team more skilled than people think? And is it being held back by certain philosophies on the offensive side? And so we get gritty. We get scrappy. It's all heart for this team. Like These guys can play. They're good, man. They can play. They're like, like 
Jacob Young is a dynamic scorer sometimes and, and can go to the hole. Montez Mathis is probably one of the more underrated players on this team. <laughs> like, Caleb McConnell. Wait, do you want to play another game? What's that? Uh, we have a new game. We have a new we have a new new game. Do we want to play oh, a game? No, no, no. Save, save the game for save, game for yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Save, you said it. Jacob Young was underrated. Yeah. And sometimes we in sports you always hear this guy is underrated. That guy is overrated. This guy is underrated. So we, we've got a new game no, no, that no, we're no. gonna play. Um but we'll get to that later. I just I just happen to think that again, if there was a better offensive scheme like this team sometimes would just blow people out. Yeah. Blow people out. Because they are so good defensively that they would finally be able to step on somebody's throat. Like, we saw it a little bit against Penn State and Indiana. Like, those two games were not, like, for, you know, what, 32 minutes of those two, those two games? Like, it was typical Rutgers in, like, the last eight minutes of that blitzed game? Them. Yeah. Like, Seton Hall early blitzed them. That's what Purdue, this team can thir- do. 38 uh, fast break points against Purdue. These guys are good. It's yeah. not. This is not just, like, grit and grind and pounding nails. It's not. These guys are good. Yeah. And I think that... Especially offensively, and we're gonna. I guess we're just gonna complain about this forever. I know there's yeah, a lot no, of. I think there's a lot of Rutgers uh, basketball it's fans like fest- out there. It's festivist for us. Like I've just, I've got a lot of complaints to get off my chest. I think that there are a lot of fans out there that I guess are so happy with just the team being good that merely bringing up any kind of issue that you have is like somehow offensive. Like I, I, I don't see. Know. I view it I, as for the most part, and it's fine. We live in a very tiny minority on Twitter and just in real life in terms of sports. Like, we like X's and O's of sports. We like dissecting schemes and figure, like, we're schemer guys <laughs> to a certain standpoint. Schemer like, guy? I'm, I'm, I can only take so much grit and heart and rah-rah talk all the time. Like, okay, let's talk about it, and then two minutes later, it's boring. Yeah, like, uh, what are we going to do? Yay, Rutgers basketball! Like, like why look, have a podcast? Look, why look, do I guys, do this? Everybody out there, we are all very happy that they won that game last night. We are all thrilled that we are talking about Rutgers basketball maybe being in the tournament. Like, we thought we were going to have to make up so much shit for you to get through this season. Like, we haven't had to do anything. Uh, I was I was already thinking about Other what this was going to be like songs. if they lost last night. How this episode was going to well, go. Well, that would have been a great episode oh, yeah, in terms yeah. like it just would have been the one. This after that would have been shitty. So yeah, yeah, that really that really sucks that this like medium is more f- it, like the, the actual po- the episodes I think are better when things are bad than when things debatable. Are good. No, because I, I I think that when things are bad, people come here and like, all right, I can come here and laugh. It also and, forces like, us to work a little bit and vent. Whereas when it's good, the games themselves are good, so they're coming here and that's worse. Like the podcast <laughs> is worse compared to the games. You know what I'm trying to say? Like. Or we're just really bad all the time, and people yeah. think that and just They're, like yeah, to laugh that, at us. That, that's probably it. But, yeah. So that segment of Rutgers fandom really does annoy me because I think the problem is, is like you said, they've been bad for so long. When things go well, like they just they want everybody to be nothing but positive all the time. And but those are the only people who are still left. Like, like, like I don't know. I know people are coming back. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. I never know because, again, like last night, like, there's 8,000 people filling up the rack right now, and like Rutgers Twitter is still a very small minority. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's just such it's, a small, it's such a dumb place that we live in. <laughs> like, we should all just go into our bubbles on Twitter. Like I said today, like, whoever wants to talk X's and O's, like, yeah. about the last play of the game in regulation last night, like, I'm here for it. But, like, don't come at me last week when I, you know, after the Michigan game, where I was like, hey, 
there's some obvious flaws on this team, and this schedule is going to be crazy coming up. If they don't fix it, like Rutgers is going to run into issues. That's not me saying fire Steve Peichel. That's not me saying the season is over, oh, woe is us, or let's all go home and hang our heads. Like, I just want this team to be this fun is, and win. Like, the fact that this podcast is like the place where they're criticizing the team you want to be big time like you want to be in the big 10 this is nothing yeah. like like you want to be ohio state you want to be penn state listen to the crap that people say about those teams when they're not very good this is nothing people are ready ready to run. we don't say we do, do we say anything like fire the coach ah! well i we kind of got to that point yeah. with chris ash we did get <laughs> to that point with chris ash but to be fair we were really really pushed to the edge that reminds me by the way quick story from last night watching the game with charlie is so she's really into the game at this point one thing she hates and i think i agree with her I'm so sick of all the stoppages of play, the timeouts in college basketball. It's really annoying at the end of the game. And she was getting so <laughs> No one's ang- ever complained about that before. She was getting so angry at it. We were trying to figure out why every every 30 seconds it feels like there's a stoppage. And at one point she got so angry, Steve Peichel called the timeout. And she goes, why is Chris Ash calling a timeout <laughs> right now? And I lost it. I was like, "This is that's exactly what I needed to calm me down while watching the game last night. But, yeah. I mean, like I said, the offense, we could talk about all, you know, the what can improve. It, nothing's changing over these next couple of weeks, so we'll see where it goes. But I am sick of, like, again, I know it's probably only a few people, but those few people really get angry. You, see it, you, on the, you see it on the boards, too. Like, like that the... That the our buddy, our buddy KYK started a whole thread about like he really doesn't like Steve Peichel's offense. Like I don't like it, and you don't like it, but he really doesn't. Well, that like dude, it. that dude is intense, yeah, right? But it's it is funny to see where people you know like fall on the analytical side of things and whatnot, and what makes sense offensively versus just like just general coach speak, right? And That's I- what fans are. Are, they're, they're just trained by like the head coaches at the puppet masters to just spew garbage out right, of their mouth, right? And it's and, and it's they like, regurgitate it. And it's like if you're you're talking about it, and the response is, "I trust Steve Peichel." Like, okay, like I, good for where, you. Where where do we go? Where do we go with <laughs> right? That? Like, what, what's the right? So we don't want we, to, we, so not, to talk about. Yeah, and that's not that we're just like sitting here trying to find something to criticize. We're not doing that. We obviously say a lot of the positive things which are going on, but we're also going to talk about what's actually uh, happening. Yeah. Do we want to go back? Anything? I guess any other more game? Anything uh, well, else in this game that we need to get th- to that this, Vlad needs to weigh in on? In this game, uh, was there anything else? Um, there was Boo Booey. He was pretty good. Um, he's not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, not bad. He's pretty good. Um, do, can we, can, I want to get your thoughts on the end, the last possession in regulation. So the the two for all oh, the two for the one two or for the one. lack of a two for one. Like, okay, all right. Let's do this. Let's do some X's let, and O's. Let, for let, a let, let's. This isn't even X's and O's. This is math. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look, this is look. your this is your wheelhouse. Okay. It's pretty simple. If there's like 45 seconds left in a game, 48 to be exact. 48 when seconds they left in a the game. the basketball. I was 48 seconds left. 24 seconds on the shot clock. 66, 66. You get down the floor, and you take a shot. I don't care what the shot is. The shot you ended up getting, you got. We ended up getting the Harper shot, but you could get that early. You take the shot because of math. That's it. Like that. That's all I can say. You get two shots in the last forty-five seconds, and the other team only gets one. And when the game is tied, like that's that's how it works. That's it. it. There's no. There's no. I've got a feel for the game. There's no. I. It, that's it. You go and you get a shot. It doesn't matter what the shot is because you have to put up a shot. That's it. Like, there's there's really nowhere else to go. 
It's did, it's simple math. Like that's it. You have to go for the shot. Did you see Pykel's uh, quote on it? Yeah, Pykel's quote on it, or or no, you haven't. Uh, I did see it. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. I, I know our uh, our guy Brian Fonseca over at NJ Advanced Media. I don't know if he's our guy, but I'm calling him our guy. He he's fine right now. Yeah, Steve Steve Pykel said this post game on not going two for one. And, and that look, yeah, that's not what we do. We want to get a good shot every time. You guys are looking at the clock, and I'm trying to get a good shot. I trust our defense. Sometimes when you do those kinds of things, it doesn't help. You get two bad shots, that's what you get sometimes. I want one good shot, and I'm worried about stopping down on the other end. Two bad shots is actually better than one good shot. It is. No, that, no, that, that's no, no. I, two bad I, shots are better than one good shot. I, I'm with you. I, thought, I said it as soon as they got to that timeout. I was like, you got to get a shot up within the first eight seconds ideally, which is a plenty of time. Like, we've seen Rutgers do it this year. That's what bothered me so much with everybody who was like, well, that's Steve's right. That's not what Rutgers does. Like, no, no, no. People, there have been plenty of examples this year of Rutgers running great out-of-bounds baseline plays, side-wing plays that gets them open looks within eight to ten seconds without going with the ISO and hold it. Like, Steve Peichel made up his mind. He said it. He wasn't going two for one. You know what? All you could have done as well is put something in motion. Like, Geo sat there, and there was no motion until there was 11 seconds left on the shot clock. That was the play call where they were going to run the double screen up top, and basically if Geo had the open look, he would take it. If he got doubled, he would pass it over to Harper for an open look. They got the open look, but it's exactly what happens when you don't play the math game, when you don't make the shot. Northwestern did have, like, the bottom line is they had a chance to win the game without you getting a chance to shoot the ball back and try and win it or tie it. And I know, you know, you might, your reaction to me saying that two bad shots is better than one good shot. Yeah, Steve Peichel knows a lot more about basketball than you do. That's true. Steve Peichel knows a shitload more about basketball than I do. However, you know math. I know math. And I can tell you that, like, two. 25% 25% shots, let's say they're really bad shots, are still better than like one 40% shot. Because that's how math works. Yep. And that's it. Like it's, it, that's and by it. the way, that, that's Steve Peichel's got his reasoning. If he wants to stick with it, good. I think it'll burn them at times. Last night it didn't burn them. Okay, great. They came down. They played great defense. They were in overtime. And once they got to overtime, I kind of felt like they would be able to control those five minutes. And they did. Ah, that game. It was kind of dicey. Uh, I, they, they controlled it, but it they was got dicey. To, they got like, up to 70-66, and then Bowie made the 1-3, and I was like, all right, they come down and they score again. Like I, I just I just, I, it was, I didn't panic in overtime. I thought they were going to like just blow I, them out I overtime. really thought we were going to see an Iowa situation where it's like, okay, they've, came, they've come all the way back, and now they're going to lose because it's basic stupidity. You know what we haven't done enough? Or, or dumb luck. Geo Baker. Geo Baker. <laughs> Rutgers fans. <laughs> All night long. Also, I'm with Max. Can we get can we get the uh, the Baker's Quakers needs to <laughs> Baker's happen? Baker's Quakers. Is it? I was thinking, is that insensitive? Baker's Quakers. Yeah, like is because like it's the like actual appro- Quakers. Yeah, because like it's like it's almost kind of like a- appropriating yeah. like 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 we do with the Washington racial slurs football team. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland baseball. I think Cleveland Indians. We can say or the that team that won. But the, like the, the ridiculous Super Bowl logo. And does the, yeah, uh, the and war the, chant. the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans and that ridiculous chant in 2020 that they're still doing. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the Quaker. Yeah, I whatever. don't. I, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was like, this Baker's Quakers thing is great because it rhymes, but maybe it's not great for the Quakers. I don't know anything about Quakers. Are they offended by the oatmeal? I don't know. But did they invent the oatmeal? Hmm. Is Geo Baker the best thing that's ever come out of New Hampshire? Huh. 
That's a very good question. Let me, let me, let me look this up. Other notable things to come out of New Hampshire. Uh, people from New Hampshire. Googling things on the RU Screw podcast. Or things from New Hampshire. Have you ever been to New Hampshire? I don't know. Maybe as a kid. <laughs> Seth Myers from New Hampshire. Eh, Ronnie James Dio. Okay. God. I- I'm in on that. Adam Sandler's from New Hampshire. Uh, Mandy Moore. Let's see. We The RU Screw podcast where we read people from New Hampshire. E.E. Uh, e. Cummings, the poet. Robert Frost. Okay. So Geo Baker. Oh, Carlton, oh, Carlton Fisk. All right, so Geo's top three is what we're saying. Chip Kelly's from New Hampshire, but Rutgers fans already yeah, do that. No, we're, yeah, we're not going to revisit that at all. Um, <laughs> Actually, that's going to be our first poll. Did you know Chip Kelly was from New Hampshire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, last night was crazy and fun. They did it. They won their must-can-lose game. So, you know, I, I'm sure Brad at the end will fill everybody in and what happened, uh, what happens to Rutgers and seating and where they fall right now. I know they dropped in... Uh, net, I think, down to 31. They're 33 in Ken Palm right now. There's still everybody heading into the Northwestern game last night. Pretty much had Rutgers in the seven-seed line. Uh, some dropped them down to the eight. So Brad will kind of tell us, yeah, I so, guess, where. Something I'm definitely going to ask Brad about. I'm saying this to remind myself right now. Is but I we wanna... won't ask him that, probably. You're going to say it to remind yourself. But right. We probably what I, won't. I want to ask him, I'll definitely remember this. I want to ask him if people are overlooking the fact that Rutgers... Uh, has only won one game away from the rack. I did the research earlier this week, or I don't remember exactly when it was. Look back at the last 10 NCAA tournaments, and there have only been three teams in the last 10 NCAA tournaments that have made the field as an at-large team while winning fewer than five games away from their home court. So neutral site or away games, Rutgers has won one. And I know it's a weird year for the bubble and everything, and all the metrics say that Rutgers is pretty good, but I'm just kind of interested to see if, like, if he has any idea how the committee will handle that because it's pretty unprecedented, the season that Rutgers is having so far, as far as winning all their home games and never winning any of their road games. And so it'll just be... I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to see what, it, what his idea that is because that, we don't know. We have no idea. That meltdown would be I, I just I would want no part of it if Rutgers gets to let's say 19 wins right they win uh, they go three and one including that northwestern win last night to finish that home stretch and they win none of the road games coming up so 10 and 10 so 10 and 10 in the league and they they go undefeated at home uh sorry uh one loss at home so two and one yeah two and, and one the rest of the four, way oh and two oh, and five so put them at 10 and 10 in the conference right and 18 and 12 overall yeah the Caldwell win doesn't count. Yeah, it, yeah. It literally doesn't count to the end. Like, we're not saying that it doesn't like count at, to that. At that point, I think, like, the co- one conference one uh, conference tournament win maybe gets you into Dayton. I, I, I honestly think, I, again, I have, we have no way of yeah. knowing how the committee will handle it, and we'll see if Brad has any kind of insight on it. But I think that even if the like the metrics are like Rutgers is like they're a net of 34 or whatever i think that ter- the committee might just send them the Dayton at a principal you didn't win a- you didn't win any games away from home all right you got to win in Dayton to yeah. get in to get the thursday or friday yeah. i don't know i just I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen i just think it's an interesting kind of 
uh, problem for the committee. What do you think of uh, Wenzel being like a little si- like a sideline? Yeah. Rep- he sat right next to the Rutgers bench the entire yeah, time. Yeah, so if most of you listening were probably at the game because if you're hardcore enough to listen to this podcast. A fair amount of people that don't, yeah, that don't, and live, some people don't live yeah. watch the game. Uh, so Bob Wenzel was kind of in this like weird sideline reporter mode where he was just kind of popping up all over he the place. He was just playing Homer sitting next to the Rutgers bench. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, and- like if you're a Rutgers fan last night, that's you've been dying to have one of those broadcasts where it's like, it's just all about you. Northwestern sucks. They care about Rutgers in that game. And the, the funniest thing, though, was at that one point, he's sitting next to Pat Hobbs. He's to his right. Rutgers bench is to his left. Geo Baker is lining up for, for free throws. And they just kind of go to the camera for him. And he's talking. And all of a sudden, like, he's talking normal. Then it's about to, you know, Geo's about to shoot. And he's like, well, and right. <laughs> and it, it was just, and then Len Elmore was hysterical where he's just like, uh, we on like the 18th green right now? Like, what's going on, Bob? <laughs> it was really, it was good. It was, it and was he, good, yeah. and we had Bob on last year, uh, you know, to talk Rutgers basketball and whatnot. I, you could see that he's enjoying it, which is cool. Yeah. Like, it's cool that, you know, he gets to be, A, I think he's a really good broadcaster. Um, you, I know, you know what I like about Bob Wenzel? He's just, he's always having a good time. Right, like he's always he, he always sounds happy. like he's having fun. It's all it's like down the, the line of oh, like pretty sure Bill Raftery. He's pretty, always having a good time. Pretty sure he lives down in Florida. He gets to fly around and call some college basketball games, and that's a pretty good life right now. So yeah, I just thought it was cool, and thought it was actually a good idea. You know, fix some things up, but I I liked it. So let's go backwards. Um, I don't think we have anything else from this game. Yeah, not, uh, nothing crazy. The, Michigan, uh, the Mar- Maryland. Mar- well, Maryland. Uh, anything from the Maryland game that stood I, out to you? The only thing that stood out to me is, uh, you know, you were correct in that this. I thought that they would get blown out by Maryland. They didn't. And I Maryland thought is that just Rutgers with better talent. That's that's exactly what I you know, was saying to you know. I by the way, Maryland people, they do not like Mark Turgeon. They're they're top like they, ten. Team, I know. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I but, don't yeah, get but it. maybe because they're watching the same basketball that we are. I also and, like, we're like, oh, yeah, grateful. Yeah, yeah Rutgers basketball is on the <laughs> bubble or not even on the bubble. They're in the tournament right now. You watch this kind of basketball for a long time, you want more. And maybe that's what it is with Turgeon. I, don't know. I mean, they're a top. Amer- I mean, Maryland's, you know, they're. they're I Maryland. think they're still. They I think more. their fan base is still grumpy that they're even in the Big Ten and they're not in the ACC anymore. I think there's a whole For lot basketball, of play. yeah, yeah. They really don't like being involved in this stuff, which I don't blame them. It's still a weird fit to me to see Maryland in the Big Ten. I know people think also Rutgers is a weird fit, uh, which yeah, might, I, it is to a certain extent. Right. But I, Maryland, especially, though, like to not get Duke, Maryland anymore yeah, is that's a shame. True. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, because it's almost like how we feel about. Rucker is not playing UConn in basketball right. anymore. Like we miss playing Syracuse and UConn, but I guess multiply that by a lot more because Maryland is one of the storied programs in college basketball won history. And won a national championship, right. you know, in the you know glory days of the ACC. Yeah, and like and playing North Carolina every year, playing Duke every year, uh, even like those older rivalries with like Wake Forest and and, and schools like that. It got it's got to suck to lose those. Like take us and our rivalries with UConn and Syracuse and multiply that by like ten, and I I, I could see why they don't like it. Yeah. But uh, we never mentioned anything about Jacob Young. I, I don't know. DUIs are bad. Yeah, yeah that's all that's, I got. I was just about yeah. to say the same thing. And I'm not. He, you know, for all the Rutgers fans that were making fun of Xavier Simpson, <laughs> that was the one that game was funny. Suspension. I mean, you know, and and, and uh, you know, Michigan like. Typical big time school. <laughs> Rutgers did the same thing. <laughs> they did. Yep. So you know what? Like it is. It is what it is. And I hope Jacob Young isn't an idiot moving forward because I don't care about the suspension. Like whatever. That's up to Steve Peichel, Pat Hobbs. Figure that out. I'm not here to make that judgment. Just get somebody else to drive you. Yeah. That's it. I mean, they'll, they'll, that's where I would leave it. Yeah. So there's plenty of people that would be willing to do it. There's also Uber in today's world. So 
you know. So yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do with it. I, I don't. I guess it's just the standard of one game suspension. Yeah. I guess. I, I, I don't know. Like, I also don't know uh, enough. Right. We also don't have the details yet. Like, we haven't. Because like, remember what happened with Xavier Simpson was, you didn't really have many details. Yeah. And then they yeah. reinstated him, and then more details came out. And I assume we'll get more details at some point. And then there'll be some sort of uproar about maybe they should have done, you know, suspended him for longer. But, you know, like you see with Xavier Simpson, these stories, they fizzle out. It's unfortunate. Drinking and driving is bad. Don't do it. I don't really have anything else yeah. on that. As far as the game is concerned, uh, Jalen Smith is really good. The oh, dude with yeah. the goggles. Great goggles, yeah. too. Uh, it was kind of frustrating in that game because Rucker, and this is something that Rucker's kind of defaults to sometimes on offense, is that they just dump it down into the post. And for all the good things that Miles Johnson does, you don't really want him getting the ball seven or eight feet from the rim, um, especially when someone like Jalen Smith is guarding him. And too many times in that game, they went down to him. The defense obviously kept them in it, uh, and that that was, uh, you know, obviously a heartbreaking loss at Maryland, uh, because I think a lot of fans like you expected to get blown out. Yeah, but I don't yeah. really think there was that much from that game. Just that didn't was love that the. End. There was a couple of things where I just annoyed about again end game situation where I just thought you know again there was times where Steve Peichel could have he had timeouts to use. Caleb McConnell was a little bit out of control in those last two possessions where Rutgers uh, had chances to tie the ball game up. I just again that's just nitpicking, but. I felt very good after the game. It's one of those things where uh, it's amazing. Rutgers is just I mean, they they lost by 12 to Michigan State, but that wasn't a blowout. They just haven't been blown out on the road. It's yeah. amazing. They've been in every and all, game. And even the good teams in the Big Ten get blown out on the road. They what? They had they had leads against. Did they ever take the lead in the second half against Maryland? I can't remember. Um, I thought they did. They did. Well, they definitely had it because they led at halftime. I just right. can't remember how after after how Maryland long. charged it back but, and but Maryland, Illinois, Iowa. On the road, leading had leads at all some points in the second half. Uh, so, you know, Rutgers fans are dying. They're just like, yeah. can you get one? But also, can you get one? No, Northwestern also had a lead in yeah. the second half last night. So, yeah. But Rutgers hasn't, you know, they haven't been blown out on the road yet. If they make it through this four-game stretch on the road without getting blown That'd out, impressive. that would be impressive. Like, Michigan State lost by more than 30 at right. Purdue. It is weird because then you do kind of, again, things kind of even themselves out. Like, if you're a committee member... You know, your argument would be, you know, Rutgers just won in overtime against Northwestern. They were down 20 at one point. Like, does that cancel out with, hey, they played a close game on the road and they led at Iowa? I don't think the details like you barely beat Northwestern, Nebraska, and Brian at home matter until you're, like, really on the bubble. Like, if if it's between you and some other team and there's no way to differentiate, I think maybe at that point it's like, well, they almost lost at home to these three terrible yeah. teams. I Otherwise, I think it's just they won the game. But maybe that's matter. my question that I'll I'll try and remember to Brad is simply like, how much are these committee members talking with, like, is it blind resumes? Does somebody go, hey, Rutgers, and they go, well, they were awesome at home. And guys, to be honest, they were in every game on the road. Yeah. I don't I I we I have no idea uh, how the committee does any of that stuff. So that's the Maryland game, Michigan. That was fun. The Garden. The Garden. That that was a, that was a fun day. There, there was a lot of ribbing going on in our group text chain about uh, the split. Okay, let's let's get to the split. Of, of let's fans. get to the let's get to the pregame stuff. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So, what bar? What was that? Stout that you all yeah. were at in in uh, in New York City. In New York City, um, there were like hundreds of Rutgers fans there. I got there a little bit late and uh, you know I don't really like I'm not really really into crowds and like it being really hot and so I was there for like 10 minutes and I was like alright I'm good I'm good I, I've had my fill of being around uh, Rutgers fans it was 
No offense. Like I'm fun. not saying I don't like being around Rutgers no, no, fans. It's not in that like basement yeah. hot environment. Like That's the frat type basement, you know, area. Uh, it was fun. It was it was great day overall. Um, you know, it's fun to see to see people care about it. I mean, it's impressive that Rutgers in Michigan drew over thirteen thousand people to Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, the whole festivities beforehand was fun. The atmosphere. It felt like a postseason game. You know, like both like. It was a great job overall by Rutgers fans showing up because it got Michigan fans, I think, off their hands a little bit, off their off their butts, and you know it was just fun back and forth. Um, the game, you know, so crowd wise, I just thought it was fun. Yeah, it, it was. And the crazy thing to me is, and a lot of fans, I think, over like they exaggerated the sheer number of Rutgers yeah, yeah, of fans course. as opposed to Michigan fans. What the impressive thing was, obviously one, Rutgers had students there, Michigan didn't. They had a whole, like not even just students there. Like think about that. Rutgers had an entire student yep, section yeah. in Madison Square Garden. That was awesome. An entire yeah. student section. But the, the point I was trying to make was that, I don't know what the split was, if it was like 60-40 Rutgers right, whatever. or whatever. The sound difference. The Michigan fans were all sitting there like, oh, we're Michigan fans. We're... We're we're Michigan, like we're so classy. They're all and they're like, just country club people. They're sipping their caviar, even though that's not what you do with. They're caviar. they're spritzer people. Yeah, they're, they're wine <laughs> spritzer people. That's 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 what Michigan fans do. Do you sip caviar? That's a poll because that was a stupid thing. <laughs> do that I just do said. Michigan fans sip caviar? <laughs> that's the question there. Yeah, I just thought it was uh, a great atmosphere overall, and everybody, you know, obviously very annoyed that Rutgers didn't win that game. Talked about the chance where. You know, next year in 2020, 2021, Rutgers has to give up a home game to face Michigan State. It was pretty cool that Michigan, um, you know, had to give up a home game and you could have gotten a nice neutral win that would have solved a lot of your problems with what we're talking about right now. So from that standpoint, it was very frustrating. But overall, it was fun. It was fun. They did not play well. I thought that, again, I was waiting for Michigan to pull away at some point give a ton of credit to Rutgers doing what they always do, which is come back in games and refuse to kind of let teams pull away from them. So, you know, overall very, very happy with uh, with that. I think the funniest thing from pregame was asking uh, Danny for all the rules about wrestling and oh, just yeah. seeing how many times we could just ask ridiculous questions and get a serious <laughs> I, answer. I, I asked him how many innings are in a wrestling yeah. match. I think I asked. Yeah. So that was that was good. What do you think about the game? Uh, okay. Um, Rutgers fans were loud. That was cool. They were a little too committed maybe to the booing of Michigan fans on the big screen. Uh, that was cute at first, but I don't know. Uh, but it was obviously it was fun. Rutgers fans were into it. The game itself, I actually failed to mention this earlier when I was talking about the teams making wide open threes. Michigan obviously did it. The thing is, Michigan also missed a lot of wide open threes. They shoot. 50% in that game, I think it ended up being from three. I think they it was shot a nine really of 18 well from, three, yeah. uh, from three, but they also missed a lot of wide open shots. And they, I think they gave other teams the template on how to play against this Rutgers defense. Just spread them out. Um, well, you obviously need Teske. You need a guy who can play on the, a big guy who can play on the perimeter, but just spread them out. Um, and they, they got a bunch of wide open threes. They had that big oafish dude, uh, I think. Austin Davis, is that his name yeah. off the bench? Some guy, the guy off the bench who kept getting easy layups, who was kind of, you know, Mike, what did Mike call him? The big galoot? Yeah. Yeah. And he kept getting uh, some easy layups. It felt like he had 20 points. I think he only had like 10. And the defense got shredded. I know the final score was close, and Rutgers kind of made that artificially close at the end. Uh, Baker hit a three uh, to get it within two. And then uh, Wagner hit a couple of free throws to clinch it. But I, I just thought that that was. 
I think that was the worst game they played in the Big Ten this season. I know the final score didn't necessarily show, but I thought that was the worst game they played this season. I thought Big Ten. that it was the worst game in terms of seeing very little defensive adjustment from Rutgers in that game, where it was, to me, beyond aggravating every single time. Like, we knew what Michigan was going to do. Double high screen. Double high screen. Rutgers was going to hedge out and bring Miles Johnson as far away or Shaq Carter or Mamadou Ducour as far away from the basket as you can, and Michigan would have two options, either a wide-open wing because rotations are too slow and you're forcing your defense to do too much, or you can dump it right down to the big guy who's also open after they dump off of the screen. It was happening constantly, and Rutgers was hedging against a guy who can't shoot threes in Xavier Simpson. It was just stupid. And Rutgers didn't change it until the final three minutes of the game, and look what happened. So it was just it was that was one where you know again, my brothers from my brother coaches high school basketball. So Craig um, and all of us are into strategy, and so we get very frustrated when we are recognizing things that take easy stuff to kind of switch, and you can find a solution pretty quickly. Like it's okay when sometimes teams just flat out beat you. Like I thought Northwestern last night. To a certain extent, was just beating Rutgers in that first half. Yeah, like I didn't think it was a game plan issue. Like I didn't to hear, oh, Rutgers came out flat. Like Northwestern played better. Yeah, Michigan, it would could have been an easy adjustment, and Rutgers would have been able to play their game better. So I thought that one they just let slip through. I thought that was the one where if you get that neutral it win, was, it was like you're done. you're, you're set. pretty much in. you're set. Yeah. You're in the tournament, and it was like, oh well, I guess they're really gonna have to do this down the road of either pray that they go undefeated at home and then who cares about the road wins and they sh- may be okay but I, it's just it's going to be so hard it's it's so oh, hard so, like yeah the, the, the thing i keep insane. going to it's it's an insane end of the schedule we saw this kind of coming earlier in the year where we were like okay we think they can get off to a pretty good start in the big 10 but coming down the stretch and i think the problem is that for Rutgers coming down the stretch here last seven games i think all in all seven of the games they are either the inferior team, or they're not as good as the team that they're playing, or they're playing on the road. I think Illinois is a little bit better than them. I think Maryland's a little bit better than them. And I think at this point, Michigan, I know their record doesn't show it, another five and seven in the Big Ten. I think they're a little bit better of a team than Rutgers coming down the stretch here. And being at the rack is going to help, but I, you're playing teams that are better. Did you watch that game you. against Michigan State for them yep. at all? Yeah, I, mean, I remember Michigan with, was a top five team. With with livers with, back, yep. I don't think Rutgers has a shot. Oh, I mean they're at the rack. They have a shot. They're at home. I mean they're, they're gonna they're gonna grind it down. Okay, I'm, I meant they're gonna get blown out. No, like, nah. no, I think it could be uh, like Michigan State has been at the rack the last couple times. You're within four to eight the entire game, and you feel like you're a three away. I just don't. They're they are very tough to guard when when. When he's when he is in the game and playing at his best, Livers just changes their offense. Livers is what you he you want Ron Harper offense. Jr. to develop. Uh, into. He is unbelievably yeah. good. Yep. So I just I just think that that is that is one where I think Rutgers will have some real trouble. Yeah, and then I think that the road games, uh, Penn State's going to be tough. Yeah, at Penn State. I'm Penn sure State. You know what's interesting? Maybe we'll talk about this on on the back end. Well, uh, Danny will be able to break it down. Yeah, well, with well, the two teams. Penn for State. Sure. They just had their first sellout since 2011, and I was like, wait, how is that possible? They've they've well, been really good this gigantic. year. It's a 15,000 seat arena. Um, You're I also very limited. Like, there's not a lot around. Yeah, yeah. State college. Like, you got to go. You, to sell it out, you've got to get like 
six thousand students in that building. Right, and and for football, it's like people like it. They they revolve their lives plan, around yeah. around like traveling have to a state whole college week for the to weekend. go plan yeah. about it. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that um, at Penn State. That place is a dump, by the way. At Ohio State on Wednesday is going to be tough. Obviously, another, at, another at dump Purdue. Of you know, I, it's funny. I kind of. You got uh, Danny Breslauer kept saying, "You're not going to win at Mackey on Senior Day," and I was like, "All right, like they're not that good of a team." But I actually looked it up. Yeah, like, holy shit! Uh, last last six Senior Days, they are winning. They're six and zero, oh, and they are winning their games by an average of fourteen points on Senior Day. They, they, I couldn't believe what they did yeah. to Iowa. Yeah, what well, they put like I mean, 19 threes. It felt like a one hundred four or something. Fucking unbelievable! Like, I think they won by thirty four. Um, um, so that's going to be tough. And then at Wisconsin, I think is the game that you can win. I yeah. think that they they showed earlier this year at the rack that they're better. Now Wisconsin just blew the crap out of Ohio State at home. Winning any of these road games is going to be tough. And we'll ask Brad, do they have to get one of these road games to make the NCAA tournament? Um, I think they're going to have to get one. Yeah. I do. You, do you think they're going to have to get one? Not that we're experts or anything, but do you think they're going to have to get one of these road games? I think they have to get one of them. I or or win two games in the Big Ten tournament. I just I have this bad I feeling they that may... the not winning away from the rack is going to hurt them a lot. I will. I think there's a shot to to be like. It's weird. I guess these bracketologists will refuse to predict what's coming up. Like nothing. Like Rutgers is an eight seed right now because of how they've played to this point in a lot of for a lot of bracketologists. They're not taking into account the schedule that lies mm-hmm. ahead, right? Because it's pointless to do so. There's a lot of variables. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, bracketology at this point. But I'm just saying it's just it's going off of what has happened, not what is going to happen. And so to me, I'm thinking ahead and like being tricked into well, they're an eight seed right now. So how far will it slide if they keep losing certain games? Happens quick. Right. Like that's so I, I don't to me, I think they might be okay if they finish up with two and one at home, don't win any road games, and they win one conference tournament game. I think they might avoid the first four if they do. So that. you've got them at ten and ten in the conference. And they win. Would they avoid the first four with that? I Interesting. there's a chance. No, I'm not know. I'm not predicting that they will. I'm just saying that there's a chance. It's without a, a winning, chance. Without winning a road game? Because it'd be tough to me. Like, again, I would, like, winning is the be-all, end-all. But I want to ask Brad again, like, when they have this discussion in the room, like, at some point, you move the blind resume and you want to know who the team is, and there should be enough people who've been paying attention in that room, hopefully. Oh, they'll know it's Rutgers. But that would be like, <laughs> let's look at their schedule and, like, do the crappy wins cancel out the really brutal losses on the road. Like, do you does Rutgers get any credit? I don't. I for, don't. I don't know. For close. I, I have no losses. I, I don't know. And Brad says no. I think he's tweeted about it plenty of times. And I'm just like, well, I don't know if somebody's really watched them and could vouch for him. I don't know. Oh, I'm not saying that they won't end up like if they don't make the tournament. I think that we've seen enough where I'm confident that this team is one of the you know how 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 many at large teams are there gonna be like 35 at large teams yeah. or something like that. Third, I think it's actually less than that, but I think that there they'll be one of that many best at large teams. But it's not about the thirty-two best at large teams or whatever. It's about the thirty-two most accomplished or best resumes. And all I'm asking is, is this lack of a road win or any win away from the rack other than Nebraska, is that going to hurt them more than we think? And we'll ask Brad yeah, uh, when we have it him. Might. Should we play our uh, our new game for the week? That we wanna... um, should we play our new game? Um, are we going to put this on the back end? Do we want to put this on the back end after the we game? Talk? Yeah. I don't know. We could just have we could save Danny and Brad for the very end and end it, end it with that. 
You want to, you want to do that? Yeah, everybody okay. everybody at the end. If you want to just, I mean, we're getting kind of close to calling Danny and Brad, but we'll let's say just save them for the end. You know, give the people what they want at the end of the show. You have to deal with our shit right now. Okay. All right. All right. So um, this is a game that I, I've teased earlier. Now, one of the things you see all the time is this guy is overrated. This team is overrated. This team is underrated. This is overrated. This is underrated. And so we thought we would break down barriers. And by we, I mean I. And create and show you a never-before-done segment in the history of sports audio. So this is underrated or overrated. And so what will happen here is I will give you something and you will tell me if it's overrated or underrated, underrated, overrated, underrated, underrated. Okay. First thing I'm going to start with is fat sandwiches. Overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Fat sandwiches. No, oh, you're you're a dork if you say properly rated. Like you can't say properly. Are, uh, am I? I'm answering it as right now as a 31 year old. You're, answer it however you want to. They're overrated. Overrated. You got overrated. Yeah, overrated. Yeah, I've got them as overrated, unless you are drunk or high, in which case they are. Underrated. Which was my point that I was asking <laughs> is, am I answering it as a, you know, post-grad or when I was enjoying my time at Rutgers? <laughs> because this, let one, me, this one time. Let me tell you, there was nothing better than seeing a line outside of Brower for a midnight breakfast and being like, you're all fucking idiots. I'm going to go and enjoy myself, have a little something before we head on down to the grease trucks and there's nobody down there. And I would get two of those bad boys and take them back to the house after. <laughs> like, so this one time, all right, late at night, bought a fat sandwich at the Grease Trucks. <laughs> Ate the fat sandwich. This is when I lived I lived pretty far down Hamilton, um, like past Lewis Street. Right. And so I'm walking back. I stopped at Tata's <laughs> and got another fat sandwich and ate that on the way back. Uh, there were just some times where... <laughs> You could just crush those things. It would, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not that oh, good. Man. But it's good. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, like it. It has to be the uh, the right. Um... Also, it's weird. I don't know, like, how would I feel right now having to go to like the store? Are you hungry right now? Yeah, it's weird. Like, I'm not eating it out of a grease truck. Yeah, if they're not, if you're not being sold a fat sandwich out of a uh, ratty old truck, it's yeah, not really. It's not the same. Yeah, we're old people. That's, yeah. that's what we're doing right now. All right, the next thing: overrated or underrated? The Rutgers Athletic Center. <laughs> The rack is underrated. Underrated. The rack is underrated. underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, I've got it overrated. The rack is overrated. Yeah, if the rack was so great, how come they almost lost in Nebraska Northwestern and Bryant? <laughs> come on. Oh, like, That's, come on. Not, I'm just What's about, so great about the rack? Come on. There's yeah. a lot of good things about the rack if you're sitting from a 200-level seat from row G down to the floor. Overrated. Everything else above it kind of sucks. Overrated. Somebody, by the way, was listening to us last uh, last episode and brought up a good point. They were like, 
wow, you guys really uh, blew my mind. I actually was questioning whether there were women's restrooms at the rack. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> because we brought up as a joke, we were like, the amount of urinals for men and the overall percentage of men who were at a Rutgers game, and we were just like, do they even need a women's bathroom? <laughs> and then my buddy was like, do they have women's bathrooms at the rack? I was like, no, I can assure you they do, but I mean, glad that we got you thinking all of a sudden. So that's what we've got people thinking about: are there are there bathrooms at the rack, <laughs> or are there, are there uh, women's bathrooms at the rack? There's uh. actually, uh, I think Politi said he's writing a comp, put out a Twitter poll: uh, Do you want the uh, a new basketball arena if the money is there? Um, and someone had a really funny response. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, well, you called the tweet of the year, I, if was, I remember it was, correctly. It was a, it was a great tweet. Um, why can't I find it? This is so bad. Go to our page. I'm I'm doing it. It's just it's uh, okay. This is such bad audio. We, there's too many notifications here. That's the problem. You All don't right? need to go to the notifications. Go to our profile page. It's a tweet oh, that we put out. Oh yeah, you're right. All right. Let's have one decent season. Wait, hold on. Time out. That's how you look <laughs> for our tweets every it, time? I thought, I thought it was right there. Oh, I got you. I, so I, I, thought okay. I was already in the notifications, right. and I thought it was right there. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> this is uh, Man Frizzle. This is, I don't know what kind of name that is on Twitter. Man Frizzle. Let's have one decent season and allocate an obscene amount of capital to expanded seating. Have we ever done that? <laughs> nice dig up at the uh, assistant, uh, former assistant coordinator from Miami. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't said that guy's name. No, that's why I'm not saying it. Wasn't that supposed to be a game of Kings where we played at with some, Mike? At yeah, some point, Greg Schiano. Yeah. It's not a rule on this pod, uh, on this episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the the former Miami uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, so, what do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of building a new basketball arena? I'm kind of torn. Um, I don't think it's necessary at this point. If you have the money, let, let's you know. If you have money. the money, um, it doesn't bother me if you are just smart about it like I don't like somebody was saying don't go and do what Ohio State did or what Penn State did like those places suck to watch games at there is no atmosphere isn't there something in between though because Auburn Auburn is Auburn is the example they're the example if you go look at what Auburn did go look at what Cincinnati did Um, actually and in terms of building a like not having to build a new building Look at, I think it's called, what, third, Fifth Bank Arena? That's where Cincinnati plays. Well, well, Fifth sorry. Third Bank. Let's bleep that out. They don't, they don't pay us. Um, yeah, good call. What they did is what I think Rutgers could do to the rack. That That's what I think they just basically remodeled the inside. So that I think you could do. Um, or you can go the Auburn route, which it's like somewhere around like a nine to 10,000 seat place where it still feels small and the students are right on, on the floor still. Um, that I could see happening. But I don't. I don't want I, like a cavernous. Like I don't need need to see a new building and now. Like, well, we should just if it's going to be new, we might as well build it so it could fit a hockey rink and all. And then like you're just it's just weird. Yeah, I, I, I don't just, need that. I just feel like if you want to do this big time, I'm not saying you need a huge arena, but Auburn seats nine thousand people. You want to be big time? I think you need more. I think you need like an eleven, twelve thousand arena because I Duke doesn't need it. But. but Rutgers and Duke. No, they're not. But what, like, if like we're, we're supposed like, what to be you, Big Ten, like I don't know. I'm not saying you need to build one of these cavernous, like crap arenas. What's 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 uh, Welsh Arena and like Northwestern can't seat that much. That's one but, of the smaller buildings. But we're trying to cool. we're trying to do this bigger. But what seven thousand seats? We're trying to do this bigger than Northwestern. I don't know. I don't. We're think, trying to do this big. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that matters. 
I don't but know I, but I but I do I think as far as well first of all I mean tickets are going to get expensive it's going to be interesting are they going to raise ticket prices next year uh, I think? was wondering about that I'm sure they will a little bit for the first time because like because I think uh, I was looking at looking at it earlier it's uh, for season tickets in the upper I foresee some levels, dollars I I foresee some um some similar to football right now I do not believe there is a seat donation requirement for anything in the two hundreds in basketball I see that changing yeah I actually might, I think I'm going to get a season ticket next year. As long as it's not too expensive, you know, get get a three hundred level seat. I'll, I'll probably only be no, one. I was gonna say we actually we will. I know for a fact that the ones next to us are open. Yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd probably be buying one, and I'd be buying one up top, and then moving down. Well, we can figure out something. <laughs> anyway, we'll work it out. Yeah. Okay. I'm, th- I'm thinking. I'm thinking about. Okay. I'm thinking about ba- a basketball season ticket. What else is underrated, overrated? Uh, okay, underrated or overrated? Ooh, this is a good one. Greg Schiano. Is uh, is underrated from the standpoint of Rutgers fans. You should be gloating like hell right now that you are not Michigan State. That's why he's underrated. For now. You have a coach that wanted to come back to Rutgers with the resume of Greg Schiano. Like, he's underrated. He's not overrated. So the, he's so they, underrated. So they couldn't get back their Greg Schiano, which is Nick Saban. They, no. They, they couldn't get him back. They couldn't even get Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle turned him down today. You can't get the Cincinnati coach. They've gotten pretty much every Cincinnati coach has stepped forward and gone to Michigan State. That's what Brian Kelly did. Uh, Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio That's did every it. one, yeah. That's all the Cincinnati coaches I can name. So, Luke, they're, they're going to be like top 15 next year going into... Cincinnati? Yeah. Really? they got like one of the best recruiting classes. Huh. Which you should go to Rutgers.Rivals.com. Well, you should go to for Cincinnati. The Rutgers. Oh, okay. Well, since, it, you know, they're recruiting like a sister class. site or whatever. I'm sure they go, have to, one. go to, you know... Bearcat. Bearcats.rivals.com. Bearcats. Is it bearcats.rivals.com? Let's find know. out. I don't know what the hell it is. Bearcats.rivals.com is not a website. Let's find, let's find the... Uh, oh, it's just Cincinnati.rivals.com. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati.rivals.com. <laughs> you oh, guys owe us, by the way. Pay us. Bearcatreport.com. Um, all right. Anything else overrated or underrated in your game? Uh, LeBron James. Is <laughs> underrated. Overrated. I was just gonna say the opposite okay. of what, uh, what you had there. I like this game. I really just like the. Do you uh, have anything else? Because I actually have a few that I'm thinking. Yeah. About whatever. Yeah. yeah let's go. The XFL new kickoff Ooh, rule. Ah, uh, underrated. Agreed. Very underrated. Needs so, to get so, into all of football right now. So if now. you haven't seen it, uh, it's a kickoff from the 30 yard line, but you've got the kicking team. Their tacklers are standing, I think, at the 30, 35. At 35. The other team's at the 30. At the third. The other team's blockers, the, the return team is at the uh, opposing 30. They're five yards apart, and no one can move until the returner catches the ball. It's a lot safer. It encourages more kick returns. And it encourages more kick returns because the touchback is at the 45. Touch- so you can't just, like, yep. you purposely are kicking it short to get a return, and ball's hanging in the air more, right? So the returner is going to basically. Go and return it to a certain standpoint. There's less collisions overall, less violent collisions, and it's an exciting play. The kickoff now matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter in the NFL. Yeah, I think I don't think in the NFL they're not going to do the 45. That would be too much for the no, touchback. I they agree. might do like the 35. I think for the to the touchback. I but, like but, it though. But that like is that is the future of kickoffs in, yeah. in the NFL and, and college because I, I was previously thinking they're just going to abolish kickoffs because it's a it's a ridiculously dangerous play. Rutgers fans know that and like. 
they're, they're gonna, this is it. They're, they're going to get rid of it. I like, I, I, like this I, I, I didn't know how they could fix it, but the XFL, they fixed it. Uh, go look for a video if you haven't seen it. Um, Did you watch any other XFL? I watched a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A I mean, bit. you know what? I, I thought I was like, I thought I was going to be like, eh, I don't need football. But if it's on, I might I watch, watch I might it. Go, you know what? I might go to a game. The uh, whatever the New York The team Guardians. Is. Sure. They had 17,000, I think, at the, That's pretty the, good. the Met Life yeah. um, yesterday. People were making um, fun of how empty the crowd was, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I they mean. They should have played it at. Red Bull. Or corporate name stadium. Um, okay. Uh, something else because I just XFL-wise, and there were some highlights of something else that was random. Uh, overrated, underrated. Slam Ball. Do you remember Slam Ball? Which one is Slam Ball? The one where the trampolines. Yeah, you see like the bros playing it on the yeah. beach. Yeah. I've never actually played no, it no, 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 no. No, like old Slam Ball. Like basketball oh, I th- where they would play. and I, ne- like, I never watched it. What? I never watched Slam Ball. Did you ever watch Slam Ball? There's a ball. Dude, I never watched it. It's bring back slam ball. That I would watch every night. I would watch that <laughs> every night. Every night I would watch that. You know, you, you know what? I wonder if it's on YouTube. No, you, there's you, definitely you, videos of it on YouTube. No, but what I'm saying is that you should have to watch it every night on YouTube. If now. there's like a slam ball league, yes. And I just didn't realize that there's one in existence. Uh, yeah, I never. There's wa- got to be some nasty injuries from that too, like trampolines D- and like um, leg snapping and whatnot. Didn't a baseball player tear up his ankle at, at one of those places, at Rebounders or one of those kinds Maybe. of places? I feel like, am I making this up? Did Nick Swisher like tear up his ankle at one of these places? No, uh, Jabba Chamberlain. Oh, Jabba Chamberlain did? Yeah, he, he did get hurt on a trampoline. He like okay. pretty much like broke his femur or shit. Okay. I don't know. Um, the only the, thing I think of you know, when I think of Jabba Chamberlain is that game they the played Nats. the the, uh, the midges, the midges, not and, Nats, and that, the that midges. playoff game against yeah. the Cleveland uh, racially insensitive logo team. Oh, sorry, I, I, didn't, I saw. <laughs> no, you can say Indians, but you, you kind of stepped on my joke. Yeah, that's no, I fine. That's no, bad. Um, overrated, underrated. The uniforms and the Duke <laughs> you are game. Re- you are really into this segment. It is. It's good. Yeah. Uh, underrated. They were awesome. I loved them. I'm just going to say underrated because there were so many people angry. Like, you know for a fact there was probably letters written to both athletic directors like, you guys, like, destroyed the rivalry right now. Like, that, you can't, like, you got to wear the classic blue on white. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was funny just to see everybody get annoyed. Like, I didn't like the uniforms, but whatever. I just love seeing fans get angry about stupid shit. They were almost like the color rush uniforms they were were in the NFL. Color rush is awesome. That's essentially what they were. It's it's cool. Do you remember the Jets-Bills game a few years ago where where they wore red and green? And then the the Jets literally blended it like you couldn't see the Jets. Well, it was because people who were colorblind, red, green, colorblind, couldn't (laughs) like watch the game on TV. And the NFL didn't have... you. The NFL didn't have a single... I went to that game. I I think the Bills won. It was fun. Yeah, the Bills did win. I'm I'm sort of a Bills fan. Um... Where was I going with that? Yeah, but people couldn't see the game on TV if they were red, red, green, colorblind. You were really into this overrated. I like underrated. it. I do like because there's so many ways you can you could underrated, overrated. Yeah, that's good. Overrated. All right. Should we get to uh, our calls now for the most? Yeah, part? I don't think we had anything else. Um, oh, I'd... there were there was one more thing. Um, so back when we first got our new equipment, which is about nine months ago now, can you believe it's been that long we, that we've had a uh, our good that equipment we've lasted here. this long and. Yeah, that's the great thing about not really having, like, a boss or anything. And, you know, we have our partnership with rivals, but they don't tell us what to do. And we can just do whatever we want because there's no way. Like, I feel like someone would have canceled us by now if it wasn't just us. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, So when we first started, we I was able to play some sounds, but the budget didn't go beyond. Um, We only had enough for some horse noises, right? And we kind of played these in. Right. I only had horses, but Adam, I have expanded our budget, and I have all sorts of animals now. If there's an animal 
that you can think of, I have a sound for it, or I probably have a sound for it. Give me an animal. Uh, a lion. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Huh? How about that? Yeah? Hippo. I don't have a hippo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you... I. I thought you'd be more friendly with this because I have some type of bird. I mean, an eagle. An eagle. I don't have an eagle. I do have this. What's that? It's a chicken. Oh. Yeah. I got a little baby chick. It's cute, right? That is cute. That's yeah. adorable. Yeah. I got all sorts of animals. What else? What? Adam also did to take people behind the scenes here. I played some of these for you before the podcast so you could then maybe say those words. I don't think I heard you them. You could impress people. I you didn't hear really, them. You weren't paying attention. No, I wasn't paying attention. Okay. That's fine. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we've got, uh... That's a cat. Yeah. Um, okay. It's an elephant. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, this is this is one of my favorites. <laughs> That's Mike. <laughs> <laughs> is Mike made him a donkey. <laughs> an ass. Uh, For missing every fucking podcast that we do. Four out of five. He's been, Brad Wachtel has been on our podcast <laughs> more than Mike. <laughs> Yep. Right. Do you know the difference between those are Rutgers fans just bowing down to Steve Michael? No, that's a goat. Right, and then the sheep. other one was a sheep. That was a sheep. <laughs> Imagine if you only came here for Brad Wachtel and you and... got animal noises. For yeah. Him. Oh wait, are we calling Danny first or Brad first? Let's call Danny first. Let's not keep Danny like on too long. Okay. Let's call Danny. Let's call Danny. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Everybody enjoy. Bakers, Quakers Incorporated, can I help you? What's up, Mr. Breslauer? How you doing? Your Bakers, Quakers? Yeah, Bakers, Quakers. I trademarked it. I, I figured it was a good name for something. Wow. We already talked about Bakers, Quakers. We were wondering, actually, if it's, like, insensitive to Quakers. We couldn't figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Well, whoever made that graphic for you, that was definitely... <laughs> that was our uh, our buddy uh, Kevin Fine. I think his son made it. Yeah, uh, Jake Fine. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, so, so Danny, the way we're going to do this tonight, um, here with Danny Breslauer, the star of the Scarlet Spotlight podcast, is we are going to play Central Jersey's favorite game. It is time for Danny to explain his tweets. Explain his tweets. Explain his tweets. Explain his tweets. Yeah, woo! I'll have to obviously cut that in. Uh, Adam, you definitely just clipped by uh, by screaming there, but that's fine. So this is a game that we played with Danny uh, back when we had him on in August in person. We haven't played it in a long time. We're not going to play a full version here because we want to keep this interview sort of short or this discussion or whatever it is. Uh, so the first place we will go, Danny, is... In no way was that deserved, but who cares? 16-0 at the rack. Five Rutgers men's basketball thoughts from the 932 train. Now, Mike wants to know, how do you determine who deserves to win a game? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, if you watched the balance of the 45 minutes yesterday, uh, Rutgers, at least for 36 of them or so, was not the better team, right? Um, it was just one of those games where Rutgers was able to find that, that little gear that they needed to beat a lesser team. I think Max even using the line that Northwestern is the new Rutgers, um, in terms of, uh, the way RU was really the last five or so years in the Big Ten. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's the way I say whether a team deserves to win the game is generally if I believe they were the better team on the night. Okay. So that that is you explaining that tweet. Uh, the next one. So we had Mike, who of course couldn't be here. We had him pick out the tweets. Uh, crisis averted. Yeah, somehow. I want to know. I want to know. By the way, I want to know how often this guy is going to make excuses. I mean, he's been suspended from this podcast multiple times. Uh, <laughs> when when did it just become permanent? Yeah, it's, it's, it's we were just talking. Control. So right after this, we're going to call Brad Wachtel, and he's going to give us a little update on bracketology and all that. And nice. so Brad will have been on this podcast more than Mike. In the last two months. Uh, so, uh, so crisis averted somehow. 18 points back early. Left for dead at the five-minute mark. But the 16th rack win in a row. The Nebraska-Northwestern games are behind Rutgers and now seven quad one slash quad two games await, starting with Ohio State on the road Wednesday. Can this team of destiny find a W? Mike wants to know, can you be a team of destiny if you never win on the road? Yeah, you absolutely can, because in this case, it's a team of destiny in the sense that if Rutgers breaks the streak uh, for the first time since 1991, and I'm not sure if I've said this to you guys, I consider this streak crazier than the Red Sox and Cubs World Series streaks. And you know why? (laughs) At least in those times, those franchises made the playoffs. Rutgers hasn't made the playoffs in 29 years, right? Forget winning titles. They haven't made the playoffs. They're basically the this Buffalo is, Bills. <laughs> well, right, but the Bills the Bills went didn't go what from ninety nine New York City Miracle until what two years ago, right? Yeah. So Rutgers still has it. I mean ninety one to now. That's insane. Uh so yeah, if you're a team destiny, it's break a streak that is as monumentally insane as this one. That's such a headline grabber, by the way, that we could just say Danny Breslauer says that the Rutgers NCAA tournament route is worse than the Red Sox curse. It's so good. I believe, and and I, I believe it entirely. Who's the Rutgers goat then? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It would have been like one of the random alumni showing up at the rack or something. All right. All right. What's the next tweet that he has uh, to explain In here? classic Mike fashion, uh, the next one, he sent a tweet with the same link as the previous one with a different explanation, nice. so I don't have the tweet. Um, uh, the next one, he sent a Rutgers men's basketball tweet because he sent the wrong link. <laughs> I think – so I think what this tweet is in reference to, his question is, is it necessary to name drop you being name dropped? I think what Mike is referring to is when you tweeted about – James Cratch mentioning your conversation <laughs> with him on the yeah. Rutgers Rant podcast. Explain yeah. whatever that tweet was that we don't have the link to because Mike sucks. No, I, I think it had something to do with uh, us discussing the landmine concept, right? Which is what I brought up before the Nebraska game. And I, I guess we had met up in the lobby or something before the game at the rack and and we were talking about the remaining schedule and how Cratchit predicted 19-0 at the rack. And this is when they were like 10 or 11-0. and 0, uh, And he still got that going. But at the time, it was just Nebraska and Northwestern and the rest quad one and quad two games in the schedule. And that was when I kind of kept pushing, like, there are two nights on the schedule that you just got to get through. And, of course, they ended up both being Geo Baker last-second threes to either win the game in regulation or send it to overtime. So, uh, but that doesn't really explain hurt. why you had to name-drop yourself being name-dropped on their podcast. I mean, brand? <laughs> Hashtag brand. <laughs> on bra- That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> Hashtag on brand. <laughs> uh, all right. This uh, this is from a couple of weeks ago. I don't like admitting that Matt Shiner does anything well or that his intellect can match mine, but this is straight fire. Hashtag Rutgers. Hashtag return of the rack. Hashtag garden statement. 
Yeah, but you're like those like weirdly sneaky, smart Savanti sort of. Who knows? You write songs. Uh, people want you to write songs. Weird, even at WRS, do this weekend they ask you to write a song. Um, and, by the way, incredibly, incredibly creepy to me that like you have a student following and the fact that you've infiltrated the Rutgers student body and poisoned their mind. It's like it's like um, maybe three people at WRSU. I'm pretty sure no, some I don't of the know, people. Man, I don't know. They're pretty representative of the student body. I don't know. Oh yeah, thinking, when thinking. we were at WRSU, <laughs> did you think we dorks were representative of the student body at Rutgers? I don't know, fish dude? Fish dude seems like a good enough <laughs> The guy dude. at WRSU who only listens to fish. <laughs> I'm also pretty um, sure some no. of the people at WRSU really hate us. I don't think they hate you. I, I think they want to be you. They're, they're starting a hockey podcast to try to like get listeners. <laughs> That's all you need to know, right? Uh, oh, yeah. This is my turn to talk. Um, I'm bad at this. Did I have any? we have any other Are you done? tweets? Well, do we have any other tweets we want to explain? Uh, we did want to keep this moving. I had one. Okay, go ahead. We'll end up this one, Danny. Um, from the way back time machine. Um, uh-huh. Oh, oh, I got it. I know the answer to this one. Quote, things that would happen in Highland Park or Middlesex. Bingo. <laughs> Wait, what? He just read you a tweet from I just read you a tweet ago. from <laughs> July 5th, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I got it. Two months after my college graduation. I know the answer to this one. Things that would happen in Highland Park or Middlesex. Bingo. So obviously you don't know it, but what are some things that would happen in Highland Park or Middlesex? Uh, That are exclusive. I don't know. I have no idea. I literally have no idea. You can't explain your tweet? (laughs) Uh, Can't explain it. You lose. Can't explain the tweet? I lose. All right. So we haven't called Brad yet. Uh, We have questions you want us to, to ask him for you? Well, I mean, I've, I've been going back and forth with him a bunch on Twitter. We've been talking about the whole 19-0 concept at home and, and what that means in terms of whether you actually need a road win or not. You know, the, the path to 2-1 and one at home versus 1-3 and three on the road. I guess ask him if there is a home game that he, like, weights differently, like like Michigan versus Illinois or, or Maryland. Or in his case, is it just, like, everything on the road quad one, everything at home is, is home and really doesn't have any difference in weight and i i guess at this point is 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 Rutgers really just at the mercy about how the rest of the bubble performs because i think that is sort of what we're looking at here right three and four seems to be the path although max believes that's not true um i don't believe it's not true i think it's an interesting question to ask hey if they don't win any games away from the rack will the committee say i don't care about your rankings you're going to Dayton, and you should be grateful to be going to Dayton, never winning away from home. Like I'm I'm saying it's possible that they say that and say, we don't care. I don't care about your metrics. I don't care about your net. Win away from home. You have to go to Dayton. (laughs) It's their net, bro. I understand. (laughs) I I understand that, but it's not like they only go by that. I just wouldn't be Oh, by the way, Fred, tell them I figured out net. I believe that I figured out net, that they they set some arbitrary uh, spread before every game. And that if you underperform or overperform that spread, it's how you lose. All right, so you're a conspiracy theorist now. No, I mean, you well, how is that conspiracy theorist? That's like a pretty math conscious way to approach it. No? So, okay, so before we let you go, tell us about Ohio State. Uh, Rutgers playing Ohio yeah. State Wednesday night. Really interesting team. Um, one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. Top twenty from there. They can. They have one guy who can rebound the ball, and Caleb Weston. He's uh, become an incredible shooter now at about forty three percent from deep. Uh, his brother Andre continues to be a solid wing and can shoot it and post up at, you know, a little undersized to go down low. 
their their post depth is kind of like Rutgers. There's not much behind Liddell, behind Caleb Weston, not very good. Uh, they do have Kyle Young, who uh, had issues with appendicitis earlier this year, really scrappy rebounding type that will give you both in trouble. But um, no DJ Carton, the freshman, give that kid a lot of credit. He took a leave of absence uh, for mental health issues, so uh, they lose a lot from him. He's one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, but Dwayne Washington and CJ Walker will handle the ball for them. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys remember CJ Walker. He was the lefty point guard for Florida State when they played at the rack a few years ago. When Ike Obiagu was the center for Florida State before he transferred to Seton Hall. Oh yeah, um, so I won a lot of money yeah, on Florida State money line that night. Yeah, Ryan, that was a close game, like one or two possessions late. Um, and and CJ Walker tore Rutgers apart. I think Corey Sanders really couldn't guard him. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. I imagine for Montez Mathis. Outside of Walker, Washington doesn't really assert himself, but if he gets more looks, he's one of the more efficient players on the team. The real key to beating them is they turn the ball over about 20% of the time. Uh, that's like 225th in the country or something like that. Uh, so to Max's theory, which I know you've been pushing the idea that teams are no longer crashing the offensive glass to get back and force Rutgers to beat you in the half court, this is a team that turns the ball over so much. And if they do that against Rutgers, or you can get out and run and not have to worry about the half court. So if that's the case, and Rutgers can get the tempo up a little bit, doesn't mean more possessions, but get the tempo up, um, then I think they have a shot to hang around because that arena is not a home court advantage. They don't have a real home court advantage there. So uh, it's not one of those you're going to have to worry about like a super crowd environment late. Okay. Uh, by the way, when Danny called Kyle Young a gritty, scrappy rebounder, I had to I had to Google. Him. He, looks exactly, he looks exactly. He looks exactly. how you thought he would look <laughs> after it. Danny said that. Just like <laughs> I thought that that guy Spencer from Northwestern when you said he was a lacrosse player and could could yeah. just shoot a little bit. Yeah, we knew exactly what was going uh, on with the, that. The other yeah, thing I, I wanted I to say, to uh, Danny, overrated or underrated, the Rutgers Athletic Center. Oh man, I mean. It's rated properly. No, no, they can't choose that. You know that's exactly (laughs) what we talked about earlier. Like he would be the one to say that something is rated properly. Uh, Overrated, underrated, Danny. uh, End game scenario yesterday, two for one, and not going Uh, for it. How is that an overrated, underrated? I mean, it was incorrect. How is that overrated? <laughs> I don't know, but I figured you'd find a way to get around Danny, it. Danny, you'll hear it when you listen to the episode. Adam loves this underrated, overrated game. It is good. He, it's a good he, game. He, he just loves asked the game. two set questions that literally, I mean, the first one, I guess I could have answered overrated, underrated, but that second one wasn't even correct. He, ran out, he, he, he went through so many before that he ran out of things to say. Animal noises, uh, overrated or underrated? Overrated. We've expanded our budget. Dan. All right, we then don't listen so to right before you. We have so many animal noises now. We have expanded our budget. You'll like it. Uh, big time. All right. Well, All right. You enjoy, Brad. All right, man. We'll we'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. See ya. Okay, so we are here with bracketology uh, expert. I guess we can say. Uh, Brad Wachtel, I forgot his name there for a second. I'm very bad at this sometimes. <laughs> uh, and so we've got Brad on. We had Brad on a couple of weeks ago, I guess like a month ago, uh, right at the beginning of January to talk about how Rutgers stood in the uh, NCAA tournament picture. And now here we are a month later. So we wanted to have him on for a little bit 
and kind of get an update on uh, where Rucker stands. Brad uh, came out with his newest projections, I believe, earlier today here on Monday. Faxandbrax.blogspot.com, uh, I believe it is. Uh, just Google Faxandbrax and you'll find it. And he had Rutgers as an eight seed. And Brad, I, I guess over the last couple of weeks, uh, what, what is something that you're seeing uh, that maybe other people aren't seeing uh, with Rutgers men's basketball? Well, the one thing that I see that stands out for sure that the average fan definitely doesn't see, um, with the new quadrant system that was put in place a couple of years ago, um, I went through all the teams that are in the Big Ten right now, and I noticed that Rutgers has played eight quadrant one games so far this season, which is a, which is a pretty good amount, you would think. But they have actually played the least amount of Quadrant One games than any other Big Ten, uh, any other Big Ten team in the league right now. So we all know what that means. It means the rest of their schedule is an absolute gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. And and uh, you know, winning yesterday's game against Northwestern, I can't say how important that was uh, for Rutgers. Uh, you know, trek to get back to the NCAA tournament. That was a monumental win. Losing that game had the potential to be to turn into a disaster. So the question that I wanted to ask you then, Brad, because it's basically saying the road ahead is going to be very difficult, especially on the road where they do not win at least this season so far. So my question would be, because you've kind of gone over this, is in terms of net rankings and what the committee takes into consideration here, Let's just say, because I think it's probably going to happen, that Rutgers loses out on the road. But they continue with this trend where they are in every game on the road, have some leads in the second half, yada, yada, yada. At any point when the committee is looking at Rutgers, will they take any of that into account at all where it could help Rutgers and, and, and like push them over and, let's say, avoid the first four? Um, or are they kind of, you know, really kind of leaving themselves up to some issues if they do not win one game on the road here? No, I, I, I don't think they, playing close, I think that the only thing that helps is it could help your net. Like if you're playing a team that has a very good net close on the road, you know, like your net might not drop as much. Your net might actually improve even though you lose a game on the road. So being competitive in those games and, and, They've been competitive in, in those games. That's why their net is still a very, very respectable 31. So if they can still play that way on the road, it would be great to win one of those road games, trust me, because you look at that road neutral record right now, and right now they're, they're sitting at 1-7. And if you, you know, see into the future, and like you said, they're going to be underdogs in all four of those remaining road games, that would put them at 1-11 away from home which is a problem. Um, I don't know if it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem of, for them to get into the NCAA tournament, though, this year. Brad, um, I was actually curious about that last week, so I, I went and I, I looked at the previous 10 NCAA tournaments, and there have only been three teams that have made the field as at-large teams that have won fewer than five games away from their home arena. Now, I know it's a weird year and the bubble is weak and, 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 and all of that. Has there ever been a, a team like this in your memory that just basically won all of their home games and couldn't win on the road? Like, I, I didn't see any precedent for a team like this that made the tournament or missed the tournament that was this 
stark as to how they played at home and how they played at work. There was an Alabama team, 2010-2011, that missed the tournament despite being uh, undefeated at home, but but that was they that was a whole different thing. Is there any kind of uh, analogous team in your memory that was like this? Not really. I mean, honestly, the closest thing to my memory was back in the day when I was at Rutgers, even though we didn't make the NCAA tournament back in the 2004 season when we went to the NIT, we were a bubble team up until the last couple games of the season. We won almost all of our home games, and we never won on the road. It was it was similar. The difference is, you know, this Rutgers team has some better wins, and you know the net with the net rankings and all that, and obviously their record is better, um, and their strength schedule is better. Uh, but no, I, I have not seen this. And when I just look at my my database. I mean, what stands out, you know, it's like a, it's like, where's Waldo? I mean, one in seven. I mean, no other team is even close to that. One in seven road neutral record. But you know what? That, that's just part of the resume. That's not the entire resume. That's not the, the end all be all. Um, and they still have, you know, wins over five NCAA tournament teams that I have in my projected field as of today. And that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, I've had this weird theory that perhaps the committee, if Rutgers doesn't get any of these wins away from the rack, will send them to Dayton to say, all right, we're going to give you one more shot to win a neutral court game. And in order to get to Thursday and Friday, you got to win in Dayton in order to get into the tournament. I, I, obviously, we have no way of knowing how the committee will feel and how they will handle uh, a team that doesn't win much away from uh, fr- from home. But d- d- is there any? I, I guess it, you can't know. It's a, it's a hard question to ask you. But it, how do you think the committee yeah, well, handles that? Like, I, it's it's just it's weird so, to me. So the committee, the committee will find your flaw. I mean, they 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 see the numbers of every single team. So if you're a Rutgers fan and, you know, let's say Rutgers finishes well down the stretch and they're getting into the NCAA tournament, oh, you know, what seed are we going to get? I would say temper your expectations because you're probably going to be a worse seed than you think you should be. And that will be the number one reason. Hmm. Interesting. So like you said, you could end up in the playing game, but, you know, it it depends how they finish up. Like if you think maybe they're going to be a seven or eight seed, probably going to be a nine or a ten seed. You know, it's almost like one or two seeds temper your expectations. That's just that's just how it is. They're gonna find a reason to to nick you. That's what they do. What do you think gets it done? What What do you think? I know it's hard with the, the other teams on the bubble. But what do you think will make it so Rutgers fans don't have to sweat through Selection Sunday? Yep. So I mean, I I think yes, it's it's hard with the other teams on the bubble because you don't know how those other teams are gonna perform. Other teams could be getting really good victories away from home that we don't know of yet that can surpass Rutgers. Um, but I would say if Rutgers wins the rest of their home games, I think that'll be good enough. I really do. Um, and I think it could be good enough to put them in an 8-9 game, maybe a 10. Um, but you're beating you're, – you would be getting one more Quadrant 1 win, and you'd be getting two Quadrant 2 wins. Um, Illinois and Michigan – are like right outside quadrant one, so they even have the potential to, to move into that top 30. Um, so I would say at the minimum, win your three home games, or if you happen to only go two and five down the stretch, one of those games needs to be on the road. And I think that still gives them a chance. Interesting, because sure. Brad, or, or earlier I was saying, it, like I, I think their home schedule is, is just as tough and 
there's some real challenges out there. And they could, like you just said, I, I do see two and five as a realistic possibility. You just mentioned one of those then has to kind of be on the road. Let's say they didn't and they get two at home. They don't, they lose out on the road right now. Um, they'd be sitting at what? It'd be 18 wins in the committee's eyes because the one D3, you know, Caldwell doesn't count. Um, and I, obviously we don't know where their net would be at that moment. But then, you know, is it one win in the conference tournament and that's only a, that's only a neutral win? Or do you then need two at that point? So if they go two and five and their two wins come against, let's say, Illinois and Michigan, um, that means they're not getting any more Quadrant One wins in all likelihood. So they would finish the season at three and ten against Quadrant One opponents. Not good, um, but it's not. It doesn't mean they're not in. I mean, there were teams last year that got in with horrific Quadrant One records, um, like right off the bat. Uh, you know, Syracuse got in. They were three and nine against Quadrant One teams. But here's the difference. There's, there was a few teams. But the one thing that stood out amongst all those teams, they had a very good road win that kind of separated them and, and gave them that, that chance to, to still get in. I mean, that, that stood out. You know, with Rutgers, you look at their key wins. They're all at home. You know, I'm not saying it's easy to win home games by any means, but the NCAA tournament is played on a neutral court. Um, and I think getting one of these games away from home, it just proves like we, we know, we know they belong. We know they have the look of an NCAA tournament team, but I think that's just one thing that you just need to, to get over the hump. Um, but, but I do think like if they go two and five, like you said, they're going to need to win that first game in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a little nerve wracking. I mean, you know, like who's that? First of all, who is that first game going to be against? Is it against? You know, do you end up, we don't know where they're going to end up because this league is so tight. You could end up close to the bottom four, even even if you finish at 10 and 10, it's possible. Yeah, because with Northwestern and Nebraska, I was looking at this the other day. I mean, you're going to have the rest of the conference be like, you know, 25, 30 games over 500 in the conference just because of how bad Nebraska and Northwestern are. So like a, a 10 and 10 or 11 and 9 in the Big Ten, not as good as it might seem in other years because North, right. Northwestern and Nebraska are so bad. Right. And, and 11 and 9, you'll, you'll still have a pretty, you should have a pretty decent seed. But chances are that first game in the tournament could come, come against another team that's trying to get into the NCAA tournament. You know, you don't want that to be one of those games where it's a play in game, you know, the winner's in or it's a play out game where the loser's out. You know, it's really hard to tell right now. Um, I, I still feel good about their chances just because of where their net is right now. And if they lose those games, I don't see their net dropping dramatically um, because every single one of their games is going to be a quality win. Everybody's a top top 34 net. So, I mean, I would think they have, they got to have one of the toughest schedules in the country remaining. Um, I don't know the numbers on that, but that would be interesting to look at because it's got to be up there. All right, Brad, one question before we let you go. Bat sandwiches, overrated or underrated? I would have to say overrated, in my opinion. I, I I would say the thought of the fat sandwich when I first had it, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I got one of those. I forgot what the name was, but it had like chicken fingers, mozzarella sticks, marinara sauce, onion rings. I couldn't even fit it into my mouth, in all honesty. So like, I'm like this is I can't do this. I'm breaking this thing apart, and I'm just eating it with my hands. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too, I can't. 
it's too much work. I can't have, <laughs> it can't be too much work when I'm trying to eat a meal. I need to eat in like, it needs to be easy. Uh, we both, Max and I both said overrated earlier as well too, but underrated when like if you had to go back and being a college student. So I get, we could see it both oh, ways. Yeah. We could see it both ways. <laughs> awesome. Hey man, thanks for uh, joining us again. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe we do this one more time and it'll be a very, very happy occasion to be talking to you. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. Sweet. Now we got to call Mike. Oh, this motherfucker. We're leaving that in. We'll just, let's just go and call Mike. Because it's okay. So Mike texted, hey, can I call in, guys? Doesn't want to show up for the podcast. Doesn't want to show up. Brad's great. We're going to end it on that. We're going to edit and pay the players. And now we got to talk to Mike. Here we go. Here's here. Trying to dial Mike. Can you, like, figure out? Wait. Can you know, like, what the numbers are based on the tones? I don't think so. No, okay. So there's not someone out there who's going to, like, decode Mike's phone number? But if you can, go for it. Yeah. Give you extra points. <laughs> of course. Of course he won't answer. He did say 20 minutes, and I was like... And I was like, all right, no. We dictate one. We call you. Hello. 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 It's Vlad. Hey, Vlad. All right. So what do, what do you want? Yeah, why, why? Why do we have to call you? I, you didn't. I was just going to say hello. That's it. That's it? No, that's not. That's it. I was just going to say hello. <sighs> I thought you were sick. You can answer the I, phone? I am sick. Yeah. All is right. Is that how sick works? Okay. Well. Um, that's it? You, yeah, you, had that's, no, you had nothing you had nothing else. By the way, when you, you sent us uh, the tweets for Explain Your Tweets with Danny, like, one of them you sent the same link twice. One of them you sent the Rutgers men's basketball tweet. It was just wholly incompetent. I shouldn't have said hello. All right, fine. Oh, we'll end with this way. Overrated, underrated, fat sandwiches. Um, underrated. Well, because you can fit the whole thing in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make more okay, sense when you listen to the episode. All right, bye, Mike. I think we're just done Ooh. here. That was so. That was so awkward. He told us to call him. He just wanted to say hello. I think that's a pretty fitting way to end this episode. Yeah, yeah it, it was okay. This was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Brad, Brad was good. Danny was good. Uh, we played Explain Your Tweets. We played Overrated, Underrated. It was good. Good episode. I want Mike back. Can Mike just come back? This is fun. This is good. I'm, we're doing good episodes. I'm glad we're doing it, but I want Mike back. I agree. I I, I want Mike to show up to the damn podcast. I'm sick. I'm with the stomach virus. Like, Come on. Show up. I agree. You know what? Geo Baker plays through a thumb injury. Mike can play through a, you know, whatever. Explosive diarrhea. <laughs> All right, we'll see. How many episodes in a row is that now where you've said that? A lot. I think it's three, plus you said it on WRSU yesterday. Yeah, but we didn't say what's his name, so. We didn't say what? You know who. I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't say you know whose name. I said explosive diarrhea, but we did not say you know whose name. The assistant. Oh, we're not plugged in, right? No, we're not plugged in. Okay. You could add that. No, I'm the assistant coach from Miami. Oh, I said it. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. <laughs> I wonder how bad that sounds. Oh, it sounds can, awful. Can you even hear it in the background? Not really. All right. We're done. <laughs> Pay the players. <laughs> <laughs>